0: Before I get to my next guest, Matthew Lawrence, I want to remind you about a couple more of our friends, starting with the folks over at Two Under. Two Under Men's Performance Briefs have just released their new Spring and Summer 22 collections with fun, new, and exciting prints like the Freedom 2 and 3, Santa Fe, Tigers, Zebras, and Duckies, and their new exclusive Folds of Honor collection where they donate 20% of all Folds of Honor sales proceeds to that cause. UNDR.com. Two Under, performance in your pants. Use code NEXTT20, that's N-X-T-T-E-E-20, for a 20% discount on the Two Under website. I also want to give a shout out to our friends over at Golf Pride. We deal with a lot on the golf course, whether you're teeing off in front of a crowd, hitting a four iron after a rain delay, trying to figure out wind direction, or second guessing club selection. It's easy for your mind to race. That's exactly what drove Golf Pride to create the all-new CPX. It's made with a unique EXO diamond quilted pattern, reducing vibration in your hands on every shot. The EX diamond quilted pattern really helps your hands sink into the club on every shot, giving you maximum comfort, because when your hands are comfortable, you're comfortable. CPX is available now on GolfPride.com or at your local retailer. Okay, now back and next on the tee with me is one of my all-time favorite actors, radio hosts, and people on the planet for that matter, and that's Matthew Lawrence. You guys hear me talking about Matthew's show, Backspin Golf, all the time here on this show and over on Twitter on Sunday mornings because it's fantastic and it's the best way to start your Sunday mornings. The show is now on hiatus, but check out podcast versions of it, which you can find on WLXG.com. He also has a daily show that you can tune into during your lunch break, appropriately called The Matthew Lawrence Show. Back in 2020, Matthew was recognized by the Kentucky section of the PGA of America as their media representative of the year for his great contributions to the game. Among Matthew's other work on the big screen is his stellar performance as Sal Amato, the bass player on Eddie and the Cruisers, which you guys know is one of my all time favorite movies. You've probably also seen Matthew on Saturday Night Live, Beverly Hills 90210, One Tree Hill, or 30-something. He's also been a sideline reporter and a pre- and post-game host for Duke Basketball, now doing it for Kentucky Basketball. And as I said last night on Twitter, as stars go, they don't come bigger or better than Matthew Lawrence. And who can forget this magical message I got from Matthew when I was reaching out to him to talk to him one Sunday morning about his show, Backspin Golf.
1: All right, it's 803. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going back to bed.
0: Warms my heart every time I hear it. Good evening, Matthew. How are you, my friend?
1: Was that really my voice? Saying yeah, 100%. That? I don't remember that at all. And why would I? I mean, uh, anyway, hi, Chris. <laughs> Great to talk to you again. <laughs> oh, all right, so
0: before uh, we get into all the golf stuff, we we got to we got to get an update on your health. How, you just had a hip replacement. How you feeling?
1: Uh I'm actually feeling pretty good. Uh tomorrow it'll be a week since I had my hip replaced and you know, it it was inevitable, Chris, because I don't know if this has been talked about enough, but <laughs> Ever since I started playing golf, which I wasn't, I was 31 when I took the game up, which is some 70 years ago now, uh, I have been, everybody talks about that guy, Bryce Epps and Dustin Johnson with their hips going through. And I know the great Tom Patrick talks about it, but I really was the first one, you know, used my hips. The rotation was just has been for decades. You know, uh, it's no, oh, let me just put it this way. It's not a shock that I needed a hip replacement because, you know, how else do you hit the ball 215 off the tee if you're not using <laughs> your hips? Um, oh, so, uh, uh, it wasn't a shock to me. Um, I, uh, this is actually pretty funny when I went. My hip had been bothering me for a couple of months and I thought I had pulled a, a muscle either in my upper quad or my groin. And I finally went to my friend who's a big orthopedic surgeon here in town. And he said, well, let's take an x-ray and let's see what's going on. And he brought me over and he showed me where I had a big bone spur in my hip. And he said, you are, you have severe osteoarthritis in your hip. And he said, uh, we're going to, you're going to have to have it replaced. You know, we'll see how soon we can do it. And then he said, here's the good news. Uh, if you're getting this done now, you know, by the spring, when you go back to, when you can get out and play again, you're going to be able to rotate your hips like you haven't felt in a long time. And I said to him, let me tell you something about my golf game. I used to be a five handicap years ago, even then. I never used my hips in my golf swing, ever. I don't know how I play, but I don't do what all those videos show you to do. I said, so I'm glad I won't be hurting, but it's not going to have an effect on my golf. Game. He started laughing. He thought it was pretty funny. I don't know.
0: I, I you know, I yeah. expect to hear 235, 240 come springtime.
1: Come on. You can rotate. Yeah, well, I I, I've seen you on dancing I, with I, the I, stars. No, oh, my lord. Oh, yeah. You you've seen me on a lot of things. Yeah, uh, Dancing with the Stars, and I'll just bring it up. Circus of the Stars with that ridiculous <laughs> picture you put up for me today. Yeah. Anyway, any I found that any show that contains the word of the stars or something, I'll do it. I'll be on. I have no pride. It does, it doesn't make a difference. <laughs> <laughs> speaking about anyway uh, my, uh, my hip just to wrap this up I'm doing well I had physical therapy for the second time today and so I'm, I'm sore right now because we did a lot but she told me that um, she uh, uh, there are very few people that she works with that are as far along after six days as I am so I'm very yeah. grateful to the surgeon and I think I'm doing really well. I'm having a lot of trouble sleeping, uh, which, you know, I think mentally I'm anxious about turning the wrong way or whatever. But the good news is when you have, uh, a smart TV with Netflix and all the other things available to you, you don't mind being up at three in the morning because, you know, <laughs> there's always something to watch. <laughs> always. <laughs> uh, that's great. Oh, boy. Matthew, you
0: recently did something very cool there in Lexington with a special screening of Eddie and the Cruisers at a local historic theater. Talk about that
1: event. You know, um, I've said this before, and i said it to you because, you know, you're such a big fan of that movie. It's one of the first things we talked about, I think, maybe the first time we ever did a show together, whether it was yours or mine. and. um It always has amazed me that that movie was done, this is hard to believe, next year it'll be 40 years since that movie was released. And, you know, when, when the movie came out, it was gone in, I don't even think it lasted two weeks in the theater. And to think that 40 years later I could do something like I just did um because so many people love that movie, uh, is staggering to me. Um You know, I think we've talked about that. It, it showed it was the advent, of how long ago it was, of HBO. And when HBO came on and the movie went on HBO, I don't know, six or eight months after it was in the theater, the album went triple platinum within a month, I think. It just showed the power of cable TV. And ever since then, I am always amazed at people's reactions to the movie. And about a year ago, I I had a thought to me, you know, I wish they would release it again in the theaters because there are so many people that would love to see it. And I tried to get something going back then and it kind of fell apart and, you know. Uh, I think it was kind of right towards the, the end of the pandemic. And, and then when the flooding in Eastern Kentucky happened, as we all know about recently, uh, I, I was just sitting around at, at home one night and I thought, I wish there was something I could do to help. Um, and I had the idea that maybe if I could get, uh, the Kentucky Theater, which is an iconic theater here in Lexington, it's been there for decades. Um, Maybe we could do a showing and we could, you know, raise some money uh for a night. And I went over and spoke to Hayward Wilkerson, who is who uh, runs the theater, a wonderful, wonderful man. And I told him my idea. And within 10 seconds, he said, oh, absolutely. We're doing this. And so along with my friend Dennis Dillon, who is. Uh, a great DJ on our classic rock station here in Lexington and a friend of mine. Uh, we put together a proposal to do a special one-time-only showing of the movie. Uh, we did it about three weeks ago, maybe, or two weeks ago on a Saturday night. Uh, we publicized it for a couple of weeks on social media and on the radio and um, had online donations and it was, Chris, one of the great nights of my life. Um, because, and I, I said my original thought was, I don't care how much money we raise. If 10 people show up and we raise $200, that's more than they have. And we'll get a chance to see the movie and it'll be great. I was, I did a question and answer after the showing of the movie. And what happened was uh we got a ton of online donations. We're still uh they're still tabulating how much we're going to send to our friends at the ARH Foundation in Eastern Kentucky. But um, we got a ton of online donations and there were about, I want to say, 70 or 80 people showed up, which was really good because, like an idiot, I completely forgot that there was a University of Kentucky football game at home that night at the same time. Uh and I heard from so many people that they wished they could have come. But the amazing part of this was before the movie for about a half hour, I was there early and all these people started coming in, most of whom I didn't I'd never met and didn't know. And they would come up to me and take one a picture with me <laughs> and then Dory about why the movie was so important to me to them and here i go again Uh, here you know me mr Sapp, getting choked up over everything um uh, i have a friend and i never knew this about her but these are the kind of stories i heard all night really she said that the movie her father uh passed away when he was 41 from a brain tumor and she said as he was deteriorating uh, his favorite movie in the world was Eddie and the Cruisers. He had watched it over and over and over and over again. And she had a red convertible, she said. And as his, his health was deteriorating, what we would do is, if he felt well enough, we would get my, oh boy, we would get my red convertible. Dad and I would drive around. For as long as we could, listening to the soundtrack of the movie over and over and over again, she said, and it was the only time that he was happy that I was with him towards the end. She said, that movie will always, you know, mean so much to me. And I heard stories like that over and over and over again. It was just an incredible night. Chris it was uh and of course you know when you as we all get older you somebody will send you or you'll see a memory on Facebook of you from 20 years ago and you look at it and you go boy look how young I was isn't that something well how do you think it feels to sit in a theater and see yourself 30 feet high from 40 years ago how do you think that feels? <laughs> well, that was a good looking guy forty years ago. Yeah, that's exactly the point. And then you go, What the hell happened? What wait a minute. That was me. But it's not just a picture. It's forty feet high in front of you. Um but the whole night was just it was magical. It really was. And uh, As I said, we raised a good deal of money for the for the great people in eastern Kentucky. And what, you know, we talk about Fort Myers and, by the way, is, you know, one of both of our favorite people on the face of the earth, Tom Patrick. Uh And those people down there um are just amazing. And it was great to be able to do something uh for them. And, you know, the people that did it are the people that donated online and that came. Uh, to the movie. So there's a very long answer to a very short question.
0: <laughs> I love your long answer. That's a fantastic story. Thank yeah. you for sharing it. Matthew, yeah. let's switch gears a little bit. Um, just like Tom Patrick said prior to you joining, I know you're, uh, he doesn't, he didn't like to use the word hate, so I won't use the word hate. I know you tremendously dislike
1: live golf. I think you like to call it the to- live
0: golf crap no, on no, your show.
1: No. Here's no? the difference between Tom Patry And you I hate live golf Okay <laughs> I have no problem using that word Zero <laughs> I hate it Why? And the more that comes out About it uh, With these clowns Like Bryce His comment the other day About it the more I hate it uh, I'm a lot like Tom In that way I I think it's all, I'm not even going to get into the political part of it, yeah. which I feel very strongly about as well. But I'm not even talking, I'm talking about golf and I'm talking about these guys that with all their grow the game crap is a joke to me. The, uh, the guy, there are guys playing on live golf, Chris, that I get it a hundred thousand percent that will never contend for majors, that will never, you know, possibly make enough money to take care of their family for two generations. I get all that. I have no problem with those guys. Big problem. And it's all a sham, all of it. And it starts with uh, that Australian guy, who I won't even say his name anymore, like, you know, the cheater and Bryceps. I'm really good at not using people's <laughs> names <laughs> and assuming people know who I'm talking about. Um that he's despicable. He's been trying to do this for 30 years. And when he finally got somebody that said I will give you unlimited money to do this and he he did it, it's it's despicable. I really believe that and I'm glad for guys as I said There are are some guys that will never contend for a major that will – I get that. I get that part of it. If somebody offers you $20 million and you may never make that in 30 years of playing golf, I get it. But then to talk about all the stuff with world golf ranking points, to make that choice, knowing that you might – there's a chance you might never get to play in a major – or on a Ryder Cup team, or a President's Cup team. Just that there's a chance of that, and you made your choice based on that, to come back now and whine about, we should be getting world golf ranking points. Sorry, that's not how it works. It is not how it works. You don't get world golf ranking points for playing 54-hole, no-cut, money up front, Exhibition scramble matches. I play those in celebrity golf tournaments, Chris. Nobody's paying me any money to do that. And I wish they would. I could live golf ball tomorrow. I'd be there on the next plane, except of my hip, you know, of course. I'd have to wait till April. But, but, um, the whole thing just gets me really mad and, and the hypocrisy of listening to guys. Talk about growing the game is a joke. It's a joke. How how are you growing the game? I haven't heard one person explain that to me. Is it that there's music going on and all this other stuff around it? Is that how you're going to grow the game? I mean, it's a, the game of golf is about amateurs. You know, Chris. It's not about yeah. professionals. It never has been. And if you're telling me that we have an entire segment of of people all over the world, young people, who are going to take the game up because of Live Golf, I would go, well, okay, then you're – that ain't happening. That is not happening, period. Is it good that the PGA Tour has made changes? Continue to change. They'll continue to make changes. It is. I just hate the hypocrisy of all of it. And uh, like I said, I'm happy to use the word hate when you and Tom are better people than I. (laughs) Because (laughs) I I feel I'm a New Yorker. You know, we don't mind saying things like hate. (laughs) There are a lot worse things that I say every day. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Here's what I'm disappointed about with the PGA Tour. That it took this to make change. It's like, you know, the only thing that they've yeah. done is essentially copy everything that Norm is doing over on Live. And if it wasn't for Live, they everything would have been status quo when they would have gone along, just like they have since 1968 when the PGA Tour broke away. It, I'm I'm just sort of yeah. disappointed that it took this, that they had no foresight. And on top of that, the things that they have changed are essentially, well, we don't know what to do, so let's just do whatever it is they're doing over there.
1: Yeah, I mean, in a certain way, I agree with that. Um, and obviously there could have been changes all along the way, but this is not to me. This is not the way to go about it. That's a separate issue. Do you know what I mean? Totally yeah. separate issue to And I agree. It should have been done a long time ago. Um, but they're, they're, they're going to do it. If this is what it took, okay, this is what it took. The structure of professional golf that we all love, the majors, uh, the Ryder Cup, the President's Cup, all the, all the things that are rooted in the great history of the game we love, all of it going back to the invention of the game of golf. Those don't have, those things are much different than money. They always have been always. I mean, these guys, you know, the, a lot of these guys, as we know, and this is Mr. Obvious or Captain Obvious, but, um, these guys, they, they have enough money for generations, and that's great. But there are very few of them. And the, the, by and large, the bulk of professional golfers, uh, could have used these changes a long time ago. The best thing about this to me is the $500,000 that they're going to give to guys trying to make it on the PGA tour. Yeah. That may be the best thing to me that has come out of all of this. And of course they could have done it a long time ago. Of course they could. But all the things that I hold most dear to me about the history of the game of golf has to do with things other than making a ton of money playing the game. And that's just how I feel. I will There is nothing they could do, not a thing that they could do to ever make me change my mind about this. And to be honest, I hope the guys that made this choice, I mean, Dustin Johnson, the the guys that have exemptions into the majors are going to be able to play in the majors, I guess. But all the rest of them, this is the choice they made. And they were told, by the way, that Let's. Do, we'll just do this right now. You may not be able to, but it'll change. You're going to be able to qualify for the majors. You're going to be able. To, well, okay, qualify for a major. Go to U.S. Open qualifying. You want to get in? That's how you do it. That's the That's something that you know. I just. I can't. Ooh, it gets me mad. I hate them, <laughs> Chris. Have I said that? I hate them. I, I get that. <laughs> Okay, Matthew, (laughs) before I let you go,
0: (laughs) remind our listeners how they can listen to you on your daily show. And then when we might get backspin golf back again and then also follow you on social media.
1: Well, we are we just went on, I believe, September 25th was uh, my last backspin till hiatus, which I take every year. Um, because I'm, you know, Chris, I'm exhausted from doing a show on Sunday mornings. You heard my voice. I mean, really. Uh, and I always take a couple months off for this silly season, even though it's part of the, and by the way, how excited are we that, uh, we already know who's leading the FedEx Cup standings? <laughs> it's so great. Um, anyway, I'll be back in January. Uh, as I always do with the tournament of champions, I believe that's still in January. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that'll be back spin and every day noon to two as I'm recovering, uh, from my hip surgery kind of off and on right now on, uh, WLXG.com. Uh, you can listen on the app or go to WLXG.com and hit listen live 12 to two every day, Monday through Friday and, uh, Twitter at What's my Twitter account, Chris? You know it. At RealLaura. Real R-E-A-L-L-A-R-O <laughs> and the number five.
0: <laughs> Matthew, I love you, my friend. Thank you so much for being one of the voices that I wanted to leave our audience with as we head into our hiatus well, at the end of the night.
1: Let me just say this, and I've said this before, and I'll echo what the great Tom Patrick said. There is nobody better at this than you nobody and there is nobody more supportive of that's too many people to count and all of us are grateful that you that you have us on whenever it is all of us uh are grateful for that so as always thank you even though i'm in a tremendous amount of pain right now from doing this podcast with you i'm not (laughs) really i'm just Somehow I fucked it up and sitting on the couch. You're a trooper. Uh, You are a uh, trooper. I I am that. Thanks a million, pal. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care, Matthew. That is
0: the great Matthew Lawrence and uh, a guy that I love very, very much. He's He's been a wonderful friend and a great supporter and a mentor for me doing this show. And uh, tonight was the 19th time I have been blessed to have him as part of the show. Uh, I can't thank him enough. I I look forward to uh, catching up with him again soon, and hopefully that hip gets better, and I'm sure he's going to get an extra 10 or 20 yards. Don't let him fool you, folks. Don't let him uh, be a ringer out there and the member guest. Matthew's fantastic, and he's going to be out there playing golf and getting a little more distance by the time this thing heals up.